KXSFLP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM, streaming at the World Wide Web at KXSF.FM. This is the Friday Morning Frequencies in the house. And in effect, thanks for tuning in. And thanks to our frequency partners, KSFP, San Francisco Public Press, for holding it down for the last six hours. And now, and now, you got us here at San Francisco Community Radio. Again, San Francisco Public Press, broadcasting news, public affairs, from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. And now us, San Francisco Community Radio, music, culture, and so much more. Excited today to uh, be able to air a conversation with Sona Jabarte, uh, an internationally renowned Cora Virtuoso singer, composer, educational reformer, and the first woman to be a lineage holder from any of the West African jelly, or as the colonials would call it, griot dynasties. As founder of the Gambia Academy, she's initiating a model for educational reform throughout Africa, and as an artist upholding an evolving tradition over 1,200 years old, has just released Badinyakabu, a suite of her own compositions pushing that tradition forward. So we'll dig deep into that and feature her music, some others from West Africa and other diasporas uh, in advance of her just sold out show. There might be some tickets, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, plus some new music all over the map. We'll be back with that in a moment, but for the moment, a little Kokoroko to begin. KXSF LP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM. Thank you. 
KXSF listeners, it's Carolyn. This month we are celebrating the fifth anniversary of KXSF's debut on the San Francisco airwaves at 102.5 FM. KXSF began in 2011 as an online radio station when we started the nonprofit organization San Francisco Community Radio. Then we went through the arduous LPFM application process. The FCC awarded us a license, and we started broadcasting at 102.5 FM on September 5th, 2018. KXSF is a 100% volunteer-run radio station programmed by people who live in the Bay Area. Help us celebrate five years of voluntary excellence. Contribute to KXSF today. Please go to kxsf.fm support and click on that donate button. And of course, don't forget to listen to my show every Tuesday noon to 3 p.m. right here on KXSF. Thank you for your support. Indeed, thank you for your support and anything you can do to put the community in SF Community Radio. And that being said, before we carry on with uh, our segment with the amazing Jelly uh, West African um, traditional Cora player, one of the few, the only woman lineage holder in that tradition at this point. I'm going to get into an interview and some of her music in the background. A, a another classic Cora uh, player from Senegal, Lamina Kante. Before this, we heard. Irreversible Entanglement, Sunshine, from their recent release, Protect Your Light. And then before that, to begin our morning here, and good morning everyone out there, we heard Kokoroko, Abusi Junction, from the We Out Here compilation from back in 2018. And I do want to say, speaking of support and speaking of keeping this radio station going. Old Jerusalem is proud to underwrite KXSF 102.5 FM, a small family-owned Mediterranean restaurant with a beautiful heated outdoor patio. Old Jerusalem is 16 years in the heart of the mission. Their West Bank cuisine is a traditional spread of Middle Eastern delights ranging from lamb on saf, shawarma, kebabs to vegetarian dishes like falafel and homemade hummus. Plus, their famous dessert kanafa made in-house on a traditional cast iron griddle. You can check them out at www.oldjerusalem.co or visit at 2966 Mission of 26th, two blocks from 24th Street, BART, in the Mission District in San Francisco. Thank you, Old Jerusalem, for supporting San Francisco Community Radio, and thank you, all you out there, in Radio Land, however you're listening on the FM or or streaming at KXSF.FM. Thanks for tuning in. And to begin, I think, I want to start with uh, her previous album, Sonja Jabarta, again, is uh, the first professional female core virtuoso to come from really any of the West African griot or jelly dynasties as is the more specific term and, and, and appropriate term. Her lineage carries a formidable reputation for renowned 
Korra masters. Most notable among those are her grandfather, Amadou Bansang Jabarte, and her cousin, the legendary Tumani Diabati. We'll probably play some more of him and some other West African music after this, but Sona is really an amazing artist, an amazing instrumentalist. Um, she's won, in the past year, been, been given a, a, a Berkeley School of Music honorary doctorate and was given the Songlines Magazine 20 to 23 Africa and Middle Eastern Artist of the Year uh, award. Lots of other awards, lots of other uh, honors and such. But, uh, you know, really an incredible artist and uh, an incredible story. And we'll get into that. But first, I want to begin with uh, from her album, Fasaya, uh, which uh, roughly translates to heritage. Um, and this is a, tradi- a, a reworking of a more traditional term, as, she, as we talk about, even in the beginning, innovating in, in the playing of the, of the Kora and in these wonderful traditional tracks. This is a, a classic sort of love song that is played by most, most Kora players at some point. This is Jarabi from 2018's Fasaya, thank you for tuning in, and then we'll jump into that interview and be back with you in a minute. This is Sona Jabarte appearing, to, appearing on Sunday at a apparently sold-out concert, just sold out, but uh, there might be tickets uh, on a wait list. You can call and try to get there at the Presidio Theater in the Presidio uh, on 99 Moraga. But uh, here's Jarabi, KXSFLP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM.
could that title loosely be translated from Mandinka as words of unity or tell me about the title? Yes, indeed, it, it can be translated as words of unity. Um, Barinya is really referring to the uh, the concept of the home as it is united through um, the mother figure. Mm -hmm. uh, my first album was called Fasia, which alludes to um, the heritage that you um, have to your father's side, since this is a paternal tradition that is handed down from the father's side of the tradition. So it kind of has a resonance to the first one, the second album being about the mother figure and what she symbolizes culturally um, and also on a, on, a, on a level of humanity too. Kumo, uh, it means what? So it's um uh, it's in the sense it's alluding to uh, a, a proverb in in the culture of um the fact that uh, the only thing uh, human beings don't have tails, right? So if you catch an animal, you can catch it by its tail, but the, the only thing you can catch a human by is by their what? Uh, so it kind of really is uh, um, referencing again the importance of uh, action, not just speaking about what it is that you do or that you can do, but also what you do about it. So it becomes something that actually has to be um, applied in, in, in practice also. Beautiful. So it is a wonderful progression of thoughts and themes going through the entire album, looking forward to, to change and also to unity in, in Africa and among peoples. The track uh, Masulu is dedicated to uh, women of the world
us about that gorgeous song. It, it clearly echoes your struggle as a woman breaking convention to become really the first woman lineage holder in that Kora tradition among the five jelly families in, in West Africa. Sure. So, I mean, this song really uh, points to uh, the story and to have the first half of the song is really referencing uh, and celebrating, I think, uh, when generally in uh, any respective uh, position that they have in the world and the women that have been fought and are continuing to fight for change in society and culture and so on globally and a celebration of all the women that have worked so hard to make differences and make changes for us that are, are benefiting from those changes still today. Mm -hmm. um, and the second half is really addressing men and the, and the relevance and the importance of men in that story also because um, you know in traditions for example that uh, that uh, I'm from it's it's a get I mentioned it's a paternalistic uh, culture and so therefore the role of men is is equally important to women in making sure those changes can be can be seen. You know, a good example of that is for example my father you know, teaching me and mentoring me and being willing to pass on the tradition to his daughter instead of son. And so this really highlights the importance of men's role in also making those changes. Mm. Um, in the notes to the song on the album, um, you, you, you shout out women leaders, women heroines coming from, from all over the world, really, and, and all over history. Coming from that tradition steeped, as you were saying, in a male transmission of culture, who were your female role models coming up as you chose that artist's path and you saw this potential for you know, changing, in some ways, changing the culture, really. Um, actually, I, my my journey was maybe a little different in, in what my people might expect. And, mm -hmm. and I and mostly didn't really follow women as role models, and mainly because a lot of the time I was in uh, pursuing uh, an area that didn't have many mm -hmm. uh, or any. Um, and uh, previous to music, I was very passionate about football. And that was a very similar situation, right? There was yeah. no real female uh, presence at the same level as, as men. So it was always, I was used to sort of always being in fields that didn't have female role models. However, um, I also didn't uh, gain, I didn't uh, accept even myself um, representing uh, being a female until much later on in my life. And so in some way that's a blessing and also a sacrifice at the same time. The blessing was that it didn't deter me that I didn't have female role models because I was not looking at myself or identifying myself in that way as the kind of this female pioneer that's sort of going it alone. I really just continued to always pursue what it was I was doing without uh, focusing on the gender aspect and had a lot of resentment actually for that label of being classified as a female player. I wanted to just be like everybody else around me that I was drawing as a role model who was a player. Um, but it wasn't until much later when I really got into education and specifically um, also the academy that I really uh, embraced fully this uh, you know, label um, of being female because it, it's not, um, it's no longer a label. This was, I started to see the, the amazing impact of that generation of young people that they could have, they could see that it's proven to be possible and succeed in both different sectors that are not currently Wonderful. The story of your coming into the core is really powerful. As I understand it, when you were a youngster and going back and forth from England, where you were living with your mother and then the Gambia with your family there, your your older brother, Tunde Jigede, 
with whom you've played a lot with the African classical musical ensemble, taught you the basics at like age three, and you were just in the sort of the community and sort of accepted as just, you know, yeah. Is that, was that? Serving afterwards, I think it's Albert for me. Did you at that time, as you were a young, as as you were a kid, really, as a as a three four year old, sort of starting to learn those basics in community and in the Gambia, um, did you feel any kind of pushback at all as you were a young woman or a teenager? Um, kind of, you, you resisted, as I understand it, the assigned woman's role of being a singer. Uh, yeah, I did. And again, I think that connects to what I was mentioning a little earlier, which was just, again, a lot of resentment to being classified under this gender barrier, which for me was something that was extremely limiting and very exclusive, excluding, because I wanted to be able to study just as every other horror player studied in my family. It's a very communal based a uh, form of mentorship that takes place when you learn mm -hmm. these instruments. It's something that you learn as part of the community, you learn as part of the family home. And that wasn't something that I could do because of the fact that um, it, it, it became a, a, a spectacle at every moment. And mm. that's not something that you want as a learner, you know, you don't want to become a spectacle. Right. And so it became something that I decided to do very privately and something that I would not do in public. And I maintained that right up until the point I felt ready to present myself as a professional player. The escalating Palestinian-Israeli crisis is again catching countless innocent children in the crossfire. The Bay Area chapter of the Palestine Children's Relief Fund is one of many nonprofits organizing relief efforts. For 27 years, the PCRF has helped in providing urgent humanitarian care for Gaza's children. For more information, go to at PCRFSF on Facebook or online at PCRF.net. This message is brought to you by KXSF Acts. Yes, indeed. And this show really should be and is dedicated to the children of Gaza and the children really all over the world caught in war and war zones. is really included, really. Um... But uh, I wanted to say again, this is KXSFLP San Francisco, 102.5 FM. We're in speaking with um, the incredible musician uh, Sona Jabarte, who is coming through the Bay Area to, I am sad to say, pretty much sold out show um, on Sunday at the Presidio Theater. Um, we were talking about her role and... Um, you'll have to forgive the initial, at least the initial part of this recording. We uh, did this via Zoom between security and boarding as she caught a flight to her next gig in New Mexico. Um, so you, you heard, as you see, a little bit of uh, static and a little bit of flight announcement here and there. Um, but uh, I, I think I've edited most of that down and out, so hopefully. Um, but again... We're talking to Sona and thanking her, beginning again uh, and playing some of the music from uh, the uh, wonderful suite of her original compositions recently out on Africa Guild Records, Badenya Kamu, um, kind of uh, words of unity in, in her native Mandinka. And uh, there's long stories in that, and it's a really a, a progression of themes and and wonderful sort of messages that that flow through this album and i thought um i didn't get to this question because of the constraints as i mentioned but uh you know she's collaborated with a lot of incredible um both family musicians her cousin tamani diabati and others 
Um, and one of those was also the incredible Cora player who we've played on this show before, Balake Sisiko. And on this, on the, in this album is a wonderful uh, track for Balake, a, a duo between the two, Balake Sisiko and Sona Jabarte. And I thought we'd take a break and play that. And again, just let you know that uh, having a special featuring the music and some of the activism uh, as an educational reformer of uh, the Gambia uh, and international citizen, really, Sona Jabarte. Um, and this is Balake, KXSFLP, San Francisco. And then we'll come back to the interview at 102.5 FM.
And so again, it was with the assistance of my father who dedicated that one-to-one -one time with me away from everybody, away from anybody else. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew really what I was doing and that I was really taking me seriously until that time that I was ready to really perform publicly. It was in your late teens that you formally asked your father, Sanjali Tabate, for formal instruction. And, and I don't know if that entails asking sort of a transmission of lineage really at that point. Yeah, yeah, it was very much about that because I I was apprehensive a little bit about, you know, how he may feel or how far he was willing to go with that. Um, so again, that encouragement and that support and that willingness to give uh, irrelevant, irrelevant of my agenda was really, really crucial. And um, yeah. uh, And not only that, he also then put that expectation on me that he often said to me from the beginning that, uh, you know, one thing I ask in return is that you focus on being a good chorus player. Don't focus on being a female chorus player. You just be a good chorus player, and that's all you need to do. And so that was really kind of just set that perspective and that parameter for me to work within, and it's what I, I did. You know, yeah. I really just focused on that and that alone. I didn't get distracted by anything else. Beautiful. Did you, as you stepped into that role and presented yourself as a professional chorus player, um, and that was in the Gambia, did you find acceptance grudging among more of the jelly traditionalists? What, what was that path like as you presented yourself? Yeah, it's 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 definitely never going to be a totally smooth and accepted uh, uh, change. Um, mm -hmm. However, what I did do uh, in uh, anticipation, because I had a lot of anticipation about it, is I made sure that I did, and I have continued to always present myself in, uh, in in space in a space that that allows and gives a little more more room for change. Mm. So that would be on the stage, and that has been something that obviously over the past, you know, decades in that this region and other regions of Africa too, you know, music has transferred uh, from you know, that cultural social context within particular ceremonies, which is still very much a, the, the heart and soul of these traditions. But there's also been this growth of, uh, in parallel, uh, growth of the art form on a stage as a performance um, entity, which has also encouraged, obviously, uh, people from abroad to be able to appreciate it as well without having to be from that course to experience it. You can now, uh, you know, enjoy artists who have really perfected that side of it being able to present it on a stage and so i really focus only on going into that i was something that i st strongly always stayed away from the cultural social 
uh, environments because that would be too much pressure for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so this was something that I felt that I was able to present because I was not causing too much direct potential offense to those modes of transmission within the culture. You are pioneering a change really for which the time is ripe all over the world with music as a, as, a, as a medium and a language of transformation. Do you see that as part of your artistic mission to, to sort of push that change? Yeah, I think that for me, music is definitely a, it's a means to an end. It's definitely not an end in itself. It is a language. I really believe that very strongly. So for me, I always call on uh, any artists uh, up and coming, especially those in the that I'm working with in education, to always think about what it is that you want to say. Because uh, whether you like it or not, that is something that will impact people. And so to take ownership of what it is that you want to impart to people is part of the process of perfecting your craft and understanding what your real purpose is as an artist, as a musician, somebody who has a voice and you have the potential to have people listen to you. Make sure that you have something to present that uh, resonates with you and also resonates with the society that you're in. So that is, a, for me, just as important as perfecting your technique on your instrument. It's mm. just as important. Mm. Well, the beautiful song Danu addresses that. Tell us a little bit about that song. Am I oh, saying Duneau. that correct? Yeah, Duneau. yeah, yeah, yes. Duno, yeah. Duneau. So, um, Duno is a yeah. Like, yes, you're right. This song really does resonate to that. Um, it's really um, directly uh, talking to artists, to musicians around the world, to be really thinking critically. I think in many ways and taking responsibility for the content of the music um, and not to be so too wrapped up in yourself that you really forget that you do whether you like it or not. You stand as a, a representative of society in many ways and you also have the power to affect society in many ways. And so that uh, position should be taken with a level of responsibility and uh, understanding um, and to know that it, it also is extremely powerful on the minds of the next generation. So. For me, that's something that carries even greater responsibility to make sure that we can at least leave something behind that will be helpful in the future rather than undermining. Absolutely.
And it is KXSFLP San Francisco, 102.5 FM, streaming at the World Wide Web at KXSF.FM. Uh, I want to let you know we, we are in a long interview and discussion and featuring the music of Sona Jabarte, uh, incredible um, uh, Cora player and lineage holder from and, and, and the only woman, woman lineage holder, official lineage holder. From uh, one of the five West African jelly uh, dynasties, and an incredible international artist performing this Sunday at the Presidio Theater. Sadly, mostly sold out. I think you can get on a wait list. But uh, uh, I want to tell you what we heard as as she was talking about. That was Dano, a song for artist responsibility. Um, and uh, before that, kind of in the middle, as we were talking about the transmission of that legacy from her father. From uh, uh, from uh, we, we we basically uh, talked we talked about that and and talked about how the male mentorship in that tradition was was crucial for her and that was a duo with one of her longtime collaborators and the Cora ma- mas- master as well Balake Sisiko uh, and a tribute to him called Balake. 
from the album Padanya Kamu, again, meaning words of unity. I want to let you know that KXSF is underwritten by Amoeba Music with locations in Berkeley, in San Francisco's Haight Ashbury District, and in Hollywood, California. Amoeba Music is a source for music, movies, and more. Amoeba Music can also be found on the web at amoeba.com. That's A-M-O-E-B-A.com. Thank you, Amoeba Music, and thanks to all our underwriters for their continued and ongoing support of 102.5 FM KXSF, San Francisco Community Radio, in the house here with the Friday morning frequencies. And we'll carry on with the interview. Again, there are some dropouts um, because of that. We didn't really get to some of the deeper questions about the Korah itself and that tradition and the evolution of the instrument itself because it is a thing that came up from traditional instruments, shepherds, harps, the Angoni. It was evolved over really a millennia. And uh, she herself has started to think about that as an evolution in the physical instrument and really interesting questions about that, which we don't get deeply into. But again, an educational reformer in the Gambia and and hopefully throughout West Africa, as is her intention. So we're going to get into that in a minute and play one or two more songs from the record that uh, follow along on those themes. And again, it is about 10.59. You're listening to KXSF LP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM. I'll, uh, we'll be here to 1 o'clock. When Gage comes through, stay tuned for Off the Hook Radio. But uh, for now, let's listen to Sona Jabarte talk about her educational work. This is San Francisco Community Radio in the house. I was speaking of the next generation. Um, I wanted to ask you about the Gambia Academy. It really part, feels like part of an expansion of the tradition, um, innovating in education for the people of, of the Gambia. Tell us about your vision for this academy, raising children up and youth up in, a, in, the, in the traditional arts. Yeah, so the academy is an institution which is dedicated to curriculum reform. And that means developing a curriculum that is actually, uh, as I say, we, we rebuild the, the curriculum again from scratch rather than trying to patch up a system that wasn't really never, ever there to, to empower Africans. So this for me is an important uh, job that has to be done, not just in the Gambia, but in all countries in Africa. And this has to be seen as an integral part of development. It has to be seen as an integral part of dealing with sustainable change and progress. And it has to be seen also as a necessary part of that journey to achieve independence on at every other level, not just political independence for countries of the of, of in Africa. And so, for me, it's a it's an area that has been, in comparison to others, maybe for me, uh, overlooked in its importance. And that, for me, is why I use music again to keep sort of raising awareness of that importance, because that is the moment where the minds of a whole generation of people become indoctrinated. And so if we continue to keep pushing for change at the, at, the, at the end, but we're not looking at actually nurturing those minds in a new and progressive setting from the beginning, we are already setting us, ourselves up on a course for, in many cases, failure and struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it has to be done hand in hand with all the other efforts to achieve further development for these countries. And education for me is absolutely essential in that. 
making sure that we have education systems that are designed to serve the needs of the people that it's there to teach. And it seems like yes. the arts are really critical to that for you and your training the youth in, in Cora and Balafon and singing and in dance. I mean, I guess that is, well, that is part of having an education system that reflects the culture of the people. Mm -hmm. If you go to any part of Africa, music is still an absolutely integral part of every single culture. So mm -hmm. for us to uh, take it out when it comes to educating students is saying that we're actually adopting a system that is very foreign mm -hmm. to them. That's not the normal uh, lives that they live. Um, and so this is really, as I say, a curriculum that reflects what is normal to them and allowing them to be uh, normalized both inside and outside of the school. Yeah, this song was, I think, I think probably one of the most adventurous songs on the album for me. I wanted to, uh, I often say to people, you know, I'm not too technical minded when it comes to the creation part, the sort of the initial creation of a song. I, I mostly reference trying to, uh, uh, as I said, uh, like say, uh, manifest feelings through sound or messages through sound. That's kind of how I explain the composition process for me. Um, Fondike was the only exception on the album where I, I really wanted to challenge myself on a technical point of view uh, to see if I could write a song that was in, you know, time signature that people always associate with jazz films like jazz, you know, where you kind of get these complicated time signatures and, and, and these so-called traditional uh, cultures, musical traditions, you know, there isn't there isn't that sort of challenge of trying out things like that necessarily. So I wanted to see if it could work, but mostly I wanted to see if it could work, but at the same time would not distract from the enjoyment of anyone either from that tradition or outside of it. So I didn't want people to listen to it and be like, oh God, this is in a really complicated time signature. No, I wanted them to listen to it and enjoy it and not realize mm. that it's actually in seven. Yeah. So uh, this was kind of... Um, so yeah, the only song on the album, like I said, I presented myself with a technical challenge at the very start. Um, so that was kind of the birth of that journey. And then obviously the 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 uh, message in the song to do with education and to do with the importance of youth and making sure that we educate them well in that was also a reflection of that idea of innovation, mm -hmm. right? We innovate, but through innovating, we're still preserving as well, you know? And so that kind of reflects to that, idea of doing something quite adventurous but at the same time maintaining as well the the genre that people can recognize so i tried to you know just to parallel those two things and and yeah featuring the students on the academy is so i had i mean i couldn't do the song without doing that right? uh, and, and it's the girls as well which is beautiful so um uh, so yeah these are just some of the yeah the themes in that song
It's a beautiful song. I, I want to ask a little more about the, the Academy itself. You have moved from it being an initial pilot over the last seven years to moving into 300 students, as I understand it, with plans to build a big school compound there in the Gambia. Can you talk about the broader and, and more policy aimed, decolonial perhaps aims of this project? Are you seeking to have the curriculum accepted as a national model in the Gambia and then perhaps also to expanding into mandate culture throughout West Africa? So this curriculum is a is a blueprint. It's simply mm. a blueprint. And it's it's set up in such a way that it is to serve as a hub for this particular curriculum going forward. And this is reason why now we have moved this year into that formalization of the curriculum, working with some of the top developers in the world, actually, to be mm. formalizing this into a format that can be used and accepted into institutions, not just in the Gambia, but around Africa. Mm. And this is a huge challenge because we have such cultural diversity, we have such linguistic diversity um, that we have to think very carefully and approach very carefully how we can bridge those differences, but still achieve educational goals, especially in, in subject areas such as literacy, uh, those very different linguistic challenges, let's say, across the continent. However, this again, this is why it's so important that I have on board, you know, the expertise that I do to be able to help formalize this into 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 ways that actually can work mm -hmm. but it's been essential for me that to raise again a raise awareness of the importance of undertaking this because of mm -hmm. the fact that by saying it's challenging should not be a deterrent it's challenging but we have to rise to that challenge because otherwise we'll continue to just churn out the same thing where we're just focusing on only literacy rates in a foreign languages and as i always ask i mean learning to read and write what you know and at the end of the day people still have no electricity or running water you know so it's the, why does it help that now you're reading and writing to do what so one can't really just you know cut an arm off and say that we've developed it great without attaching it to the rest of the body and so for me this is really what we're trying to do is to build an education system that is really there to reflect the people to verify their identity in the sense it's very important for young young minds to feel verified when they come to school, not undermined and ostracized from day one, and to allow kids to not feel that they have to be two different people. They have to be, you know, the person they are at home with their family and their friends and then come to school and adopt the foreign culture in order to be educated. That is a very unhealthy mindset and for me it sets them on a trajectory to what most we see in most African countries where they have only oh, no hope but to leave the country to be able to succeed with the qualifications that they have. There's mostly no pathway for them within the country. So these are just making what I feel are very logical changes that should have been done quite a long time ago, but you know, it's an important path that we take. Well, good luck with that and, and moving that into um, into practice, into getting that accepted within within the Gambia and elsewhere in West Africa. Um, I wonder, do you see that also in, in training these young musicians and these young artists as as a, as an evolution of the tradition? Maybe do you feel like you're expanding the the traditional transmission of of the jelly and the leadership roles to a broader segment of the population, really a democratization of that transmission of legacy holding. Very much. Again, this is coming back to preservation through innovation, mm. right? Um, one has to take into mind that society evolves continually. And if we stagnate traditions, they will get left behind and they will get, uh, they will die, which is what we've seen uh, continually. Uh, this is a very important part for me, which is to institutionalize now our traditions because a lot of the, the, the societal needs, you know, now we have most of our, you know, uh, best expertise leaving the country. 
for economic reasons. And so what happens is you end up having generations now without mentors, without that traditional structure of mentorship and, and, and passing on from one generation to the next. So rather than be a bystander and just watch that to happen, these are really important changes that we must see is to start to bring these institutions that allow traditions to be maintained, but also welcoming uh, students from all over the sect different sectors of the society. So yes, these are traditions that should be celebrated and continue to be celebrated to be you know, hereditary traditions. It does not undermine that, but at the same time, it does take into, into account that we do live in a society which is incredibly different to 700 years ago, right? Mm. We live in a society we can pick up a phone and talk to someone across the world, right? So when we talk about marginalizing, you know, let's say even a majority of our population, or as I say, half of the population by marginalizing women, we are, again, setting ourselves on a trajectory for those traditions to die. And mm. so I prefer to see adaptation than I prefer to see death of tradition. So I think adaptation is extremely important. How to uh, perhaps support and contribute to this effort? It's it seems like an incredible um, endeavor and and an important endeavor. Um, yeah, you can you can go onto the website www.thegambiaacademy.org. Obviously, we're on uh, socials as well. We welcome donations, but also importantly, you know, human resources are always very important as well. Um, so this is uh, how we really continue to grow and develop this happening. Expertise of people that do come on board from all over the world to offer their services or their experience and expertise in different areas of the academy, from curriculum to, to general classes and uh, to health, to diet, to you know, sports, everything. So it's it's really um yeah something that we we uh, we really do collaborate and grow through those collaborations as well. So wrapping up, looking looking forward to your appearance. On, on Sunday, October 22nd at the Presidio Theater. I saw you at the Bravo Center for Women of the Arts back in Marco, and your interplay with percussion as Mama Dussar was so joyful, so intricate. The music is is just really incredible, as, as was all your amazing touring bands. So can you tell us who you'll who we will hear with you on, on that on Sunday and uh, what we can look forward to hearing that night? Uh, guitar vocals is Eric Apakule. We have um, drums, Juba Wetza, bass, Andy McLean, percussion, Momodusa. Will you be playing music from uh, Badinyakamu? Exactly, and Fasia too, yeah.
And that was Sonda Jabarte, both an interview and the track Saya, Motherland, from uh, the score of the movie Motherland from back in 2011, all on Africa Guild Records. Um, Sona had made that uh, much lauded score uh, and really talked a lot about um, in other, other places and as she... Um, introduce that about changing the 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 vibrancy and the the sort of voice of the Kora and those traditional musics in making that while staying true to the traditions um, you know we didn't get to dig into the beauty of the Kora and sort of its evolution over 1200 years of tradition really from you know evolving out of the Ngoni shepherds harps and all of that um, but you know it as as I said, we, we caught her between security and boarding on a flight to, I believe, New Mexico a couple of days ago. And I just wanted to say one of the questions that I did have and, and was really sad a little bit not to get into was talking about, you know, the whole hybridity that comes with some of this, some of international music, um, the merging of forms, uh, in order to improve accessibility and then inevitably that becomes privileged especially in western culture in in dominant in dominant culture and it's really a good question for us to ponder for those of us who love musics from around the world and how do we honor and how do we promote those cultural forms from from you know often in my case for sure from cultures not our own and without delusion with dilution without watering them down, without making them less. And I think uh, Sona's music acts and presents an answer for that. And again, you know, check her out at sonajabarte.com. Um, you can try to get on the waiting list at the Presidio Theater down there uh, for Sunday night. No guarantees, but... Uh, Definitely check out that album. Baden Yakumu, just recently out on um, Africa Guild Records, I think the end of last year, actually. Um, she has been on a long extended tour through America and Europe 
Um, I, in fact, saw her back in March in the mission. But, yeah, an incredible musician and an incredible um, incredible thinker and activist. So uh, I was really honored and blessed to have uh, an interview with Sona Jabarte. Um, check out her music. Check it out more. So we are hearing again uh, Motherland, the score. Um, she also is featured on uh, the new Idris Elba film, or recent film, The Beast. Um, one of her songs is on there. A variety of other soundtrack uh, compositions here and there. Um, but again, thanks to Sona Jabarte uh, and her crew for facilitating that interview. And we carry on, I think, with uh, maybe some more, kind of in a down-tempo mode, but a really interesting collaboration with a, I believe, Italian uh, classical pianist from Balake Sissico that we had spoken about um, who we had spoken about before as one of the many mentors for Sona Jabarte and the subject to the tribute of a, of a duet they did together on this album that we heard earlier. And again, we had listened to Saya Motherland, the score, previously Foden Kaya, youth, um, and uh, a bunch of interviews. I think we back announced everything else adequately. Thanks for tuning in. She's going to play some music. We'll have some tickets later on. i sorry to say I don't think I have tickets for Sona this time. Um, but uh, some other great shows coming up, and I'll play some of that music as we progress to the 1 o'clock hour. Stay tuned for Gage. And uh, let me tell you, too, that support for KXSF is provided by Babylon Burning, San Francisco's oldest screen printer. Babylon Burning is a San Francisco legacy business offering full-service screen printing for your band or company. Located in San Francisco's Soma District at 939 Howard, Babylon Burning has served the Bay Area since 1976. More information is available on their website at babylont.com. That's B-A-B-Y-L-O-N-T-T-E-E.com. So thank you, Babylon Burning, for supporting KXSF, San Francisco Community Radio. Thank you all out there at Radio Land for tuning in. And uh, yeah, this is Ludovico Inadi and Balake Sissico. Laissez-moi un pays. Leave me in peace. I think an apt feeling for the day and calls for ceasefire in Gaza and Palestine. KXSFLP San Francisco. Thank you. 
Israeli crisis is again catching countless innocent children in the crossfire. The Bay Area chapter of the Palestine Children's Relief Fund is one of many nonprofits organizing relief efforts. For 27 years, the PCRF has helped in providing urgent humanitarian care for Gaza's children. For more information, go to at PCRFSF on Facebook or online at PCRF.net. This message is brought to you by KXSF Acts. And do what you can. I know people are gathering in front of the federal building today. Soon, in fact, at uh, 97th Street. Demonstration for peace and ceasefire. Um, But let me tell you what we heard. Zoe Madiga, amazing South African artist. Um, Her wonderful uh, record... Ingane Kwane from 2020 on Yellow Wax Records out of South Africa. We heard the track. We heard the track. Um, uh, Lengoma, incredible release. Um, played it a bunch back in 2020, and just digging into it again. Uh, before that, also from South Africa, a new release this year. In fact, I think the first uh, release from full-length release from him. He's been a player on the Johannesburg scene for a long time. But Connie Dyer, pianist, composer, um, 
and radio personality now, apparently. Um, as is fitting for his release, Radio Sechaba, which um, refers to the apartheid-era underground radio of the ANC. Um, we heard the wonderful track, Kenako, featuring uh, Seretsi and the natives. A, um, I think it was on the Brownswood compilation, but an earlier, much more shorter, stripped-down version uh, back then, and whenever that was, 2019 or so. Uh, before that, the amazing, kind of in that piano mode again, another uh, incredible pianist uh, out of New York, Vijay Iyer Trio, um, from back in 2009, in fact, from his album Historicity, because I think we have a theme here about history and about str struggle and change. The track Galang, the trio riot version. Of course, that's MIA's song, done in a jazz mode. And then before that, the transition from the interview, the wonderful interview with Sona Jabarte. Again, thank you to Sona um, for giving me a little bit of her time um, in between security and, and boarding. Um, and talking in depth about um, sort of her process of, uh, of coming into the Quora, which we're hearing again in the background from Lamina Conte of Senegal. But uh, again, the final the, the track uh, ending out of that, we heard a collaboration from one of her mentors, uh, the incredible Balake Sissico on Quora, and the Italian minimalist classical composer and pianist uh, Ludovico Ainari, uh, the track Laissez-moi un pays, Leave Me in Peace, fitting enough for history, and the calls for ceasefire, for peace, for justice, for saving really the children trapped in Gaza. KXSFLP San Francisco 102.5 FM and carry on with the music. Though be sure, of course, please, to stay stay tuned. I'm here till one, but then but then indeed, but then like this. Drawing from his life work, absorbing the vast terrain of all recorded music, each week, Gage Kennedy expertly curates bespoke programs which lean rock, but reveal connections between genres, eras, continents, and cultures. Plus, he always includes long sections that sound like an old motor sputtering or ominous, crackly, metallic static. It's Off the Hook, Fridays, 1 to 4, on KXSF LP 102.5.
KXSF, LP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM. That was a little long dub track, because I all wanted to introduce something and get into the dub, but uh, I need to take a minute here. And thank you for tuning in. Tell you what we heard in the back end just previously uh, out of the UK. Incredible Khan and Kwake, one in five. The Kwake dub uh, featuring Shabaka Hutchings on Shabaka's new level label, Native Rebel. Before that, the incredible, uh, I think she's based in France now, maybe Haiti, um, but uh, incredible double bassist and composer, Céline Santamé, her track. Arawak Uhuru from Kometan back in uh, 2022 on Komos. And that more or less brought us back. That was a long, a long moment. Or three, or ten. But I do, I do want to let you know. This is my uh, charge admission at the moment. That uh, support. For KXSF, comes from Dress San Francisco, a fashion boutique located in the heart of the city's marina district. Dress carries a wide range of contemporary clothing and jewelry designs with collections and styles to fit any occasion. From work to weekend and daytime to nighttime, Dress is located at 2271 Chestnut Street. Between Scott and Pierce, shoppers can buy in-store or online at DressSanFrancisco.com. Thank you, Dress San Francisco, for supporting KXSF San Francisco Community Radio. I'm going to play do a little more dub and then some great rock. I got a couple tickets. I think I'm going to give some tickets away. Oh, how about it? right around 12, 15? It is 
as I count down the seconds. Just three, two, one, 12 noon here at KXSFLP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM. And speaking of the dub, classic dub artist and, and uh, reggae, you know, hybridist out of the UK, just put out his first, I think, full-length independent album after so many years in the scene. Of course, I'm talking about Don Letts and his action, his album, Out of Sync. We're going to hear the track Situationist, featuring the vocals of Zoe. Devlin Love, KXSF, LP.
And that was kind of in that, you know, at least reggae and dub adjacent place that we find ourselves in. Amazing band Harriet Tubman. A collaboration between guitarist Brandon Ross, bassist Melvin Gibbs, and uh, incredible drummer J.T. Lewis, who we're hearing in the background from there. Uh, wonderful release of uh, 2018. Was it the terror end of beauty? Out on Sunnyside Records. And as promised, it's 12-11. Uh, I have some tickets. I have some tickets to see them, in fact. Incredible band. Incredible, uh... Incredible uh, night out at Yoshi's on Thursday, the 26th. That's, uh, yeah, no tickets for the weekend that I can see. Nah. But uh, on Thursday, the 26th, you can go see Harriet Tubman, the early show, 8 p.m. show at Yoshi's there, right off the uh, beautiful Jack London Square there in Oakland. Take the ferry. I don't know how you're going to get back. Ferry's probably, anyway. Um, if you're coming from San Francisco, really close to the ferry terminal, but I've tried and I don't think you can get back on the ferry, even of the early show. But in any event, here in the further unknown, give me a call. If you want tickets for Harriet Tubman, my number here, as always, I'll have one more ticket. Music Soul Child's coming through town. Maybe I'll hit that a little bit later when I play them. Move, ah, 415-648-7327. They knew the number, apparently. This is... I'm going to carry on? There we go. Let's see. We're going to pick this up, and we are going to play... African Sciences. New music from him. Here we go. KXSFLP San Francisco.
Cupcakes SF. LP, San Francisco. 102.5. And congrats to the ticket winners going to see Harriet Tubman at Yoshi's. Again, amazing band and will be amazing show Thursday, the 26th. So check them out. Uh, I think there's 8 and 10.30 p.m. shows, but check it out at Yoshi's.com. So we just were hearing out of the U.K. Places. The amazing, the amazing Onipa uh, featuring Kwekusaki, uh, David Walters, Kwekusaki, KOG, Kweku of Ghana, also Thomas Excel from a variety of places, including uh, Nubian Twist. Uh, great new release, uh, Commando from them. Before that, um, new music from the amazing and kind of outsider. Uh, electronic artist out of Brooklyn, uh, African Sciences. Great remixer as well. Um, done some incredible stuff. We heard uh, 16 and 10 featuring great Italian drummer uh, Tommaso Cavalletto. Check that out on African Sciences releases. Uh, before that, too, from Harriet Tubman, Farther Unknown and Redemption Song, living up to that reggae dub-adjacent place I was in, The Terror Into Beauty, and that brought us back to new music from Don Letts, the incredible uh, dub producer, collaborator with The Clash, etc., etc., and his, I believe, really first full-length, um, all his music release about time too I would say um, Out of Sync just out on Cooking Vinyl we heard the track Situationist featuring Zoe Devlin Love and I neglected to say you know that this hour and this program is sponsored and underwritten by Old Jerusalem a small family owned Mediterranean restaurant with a beautiful heated outdoor patio Old Jerusalem and 16 years in the heart of the mission their West Bank cuisine is a traditional spread of Middle Eastern delights, ranging from lamb, mansaf, shawarma, kebabs, to vegetarian dishes like falafel and homemade hummus, plus their famous dessert kanafa made in-house on a traditional cast-iron griddle. So, should you choose, you can check them out at www.oldjerusalem.co or visit at 2966 Mission at 26, two blocks from 24th Street, Bart, in the beautiful Mission District of the beautiful city of San Francisco in Yelamu on unceded Ramai Tushaloni territory from which KXSF broadcasts. And thank you to all you who support that out there in Radio Land. And maybe we'll take a minute uh, to do this too. What time is it? What do I got? I got a few things to do, some more music to play. Uh, before J uh, Gage comes in at one with his off the hook show, you got to know it. You got to be there. Hang tough because it's about to get wild and crazy. In the background, Rise in Power, Carla Blay. I played, it was funny. She just passed, I think it was on Tuesday, and um, maybe it was Wednesday. And I had just played this album. Another track, Ornette Coleman's War Orphans on on uh, on my Sunday evening show. So Rise of Power, this is 
again from the Charlie Hayden's Liberation Orchestra. All these songs orchestrated by her and piano, of course, with an all-star ensemble from way back in 1973, Liberation Music Orchestra, all arrangements by Edward Carla Blay. We're hearing the song of the United Front and a variety of tracks from the anarchist and communist resistance to fascism in Spain. But here we go. Maybe we'll play this now. And come right back with some more music and some more tickets. You can have some tickets to Music Soul Child um, coming up soon. And I uh, can play one of his new tracks and some other interesting rap that's uh, appropriate. We'll hear this. We'll hear this. Rise in power, Carla Blay. The escalating Palestinian-Israeli crisis is again catching countless innocent children in the crossfire. The Bay Area chapter of the Palestine Children's Relief Fund is one of many nonprofits organizing relief efforts. For 27 years, the PCRF has helped in providing urgent humanitarian care for Gaza's children. For more information, go to at PCRFSF on Facebook or online at PCRF.net. This message is brought to you by KXSF Acts. Strike a pose. There's my way through demons. Mama told me, give him hell. Dancing in the darkness. I'm the boy inside the well. Grab, grab, grab for any piece of my part. Stab, 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 that goes the beat of my heart Pump that thing right back, cause then what else can I do? I can wait here for the dough, or pick my legs up and move They only let me whimper, when I'm crying to a groove It's a wild west, baby, life's a saloon
struggler, ain't no way to love ya. I'm the struggler, ain't no way to love ya. I'm the struggler, ain't no way to love ya. I'm the struggler. I can't breathe this demon so my flesh. The struggler, ain't no way to love ya. I'm the struggler, ain't no way to love ya. I'm the struggler, ain't no way to love ya. I'm the struggler. I saw Jesus
KXSF, LP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM. Yes, indeed. Uh, let me tell you what we heard. That's the plan. I thought I had tickets for this, uh, but we just heard Music Soul Child, Victims and Villains from his uh, just out uh, release of the same name. Uh, before that, incredible release by... Uh, uh, Corinne Bailey Ray um, out of the UK. I mean, really an international person, but a really amazing album called Black Rainbows out on Black Rainbows Music, made in a kind of a, a, a fugue and a, and, a, and a long and a kind of sit down, hang out, I guess maybe a retreat at the incredible, um, I have the name of it here, an archive created by. Theorist Theaster Gates of Black Life in America, which um, inspired this uh, incredible, like within the spell of a couple weeks, I think, this entire album, A Spell, A Prayer, the song we heard from Black Rainbows. Before that, uh, local music, kind of again in that dub-adjacent place, Pleasure with the band Afrolicious, we heard Dig Deep from the new Throw Stones Volume 1 release on Mixto Records. And before that, the Ghanaian-Australian rapper-artist, really interesting uh, merge of styles for, for this gentleman, Genesis Owusu, and we heard the track Tied Up from his Arnus release of the same name. Uh, he's coming through to The Independent on November 3rd. No tickets for that at the moment, but uh, maybe later, because maybe we'll do an interview with him at some point. Uh, before that... We were back at the last break with uh, the UK and the broad diaspora band Onipa on Real World Records. New release from him. We heard no them. We heard no commando at the last break. And I'm going to rewind what we're hearing in the background. This gentleman also coming to town next week. Had an interview with him some a year or two back. But the brilliant tuba player, Theon Cross, is coming back to uh, a whole weekend of shows at the Joe Henderson Lab, the really small, wonderful space there at SF Jazz. I believe from Friday the 22nd, 7th, next week, through uh, the Halloween weekend there, through the 29th. Um, but we're going to play a new uh, collaboration. I'm going to rewind this collaboration because you're kind of hearing it half, half ways in the back. From the band Phoenix, of course, the reworkings of the Jazz's dead crew, Adrian Young, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, and Theon Cross featured on this track, Phoenix. KXSF LP. Stay tuned for Gage. He's in the house getting ready. You're going to be amazed. Stay tuned. This is Phoenix from Theon Cross and the Jazz's dead crew.
KXSF, LP San Francisco. So that was my my thank you track. Again, thank you to Sona Jabarte for coming through and, and to her whole team. Cheers to George. Cheers to all them. Cheers to Joe. For uh, the interview today, incredible uh, chat with an amazing international artist um, and educational performer in Africa. And yeah, check out her. That would, would, of course, be Sona Jabarte, master of the...
Thanks again to Sona Jamarta. Sending up Trees of sleep. 